On today's episode, the Rockford Ice Hogs look to close out their best of three play-in series tonight against the Texas Stars. Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson joined the Daily Faceoff Rundown podcast earlier this morning, plus a quick overview on the Hawks pending restricted and unrestricted free agents this summer. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, May 6th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support first by following the podcast. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds, literally just a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting feedback from my tremendous listeners out there. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey. Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please, please, please Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I would greatly appreciate it. Go and smash the like button for me down below as well. And be sure to turn on those push notifications so that you can be notified whenever the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. And to open things up this afternoon, folks, let's get into the Rockford Ice Hogs prepping for game two of their best of three play-in series with the Texas Stars later this evening. That's going to be a 7 p.m. Central Time puck drop once again at the BMO in Rockford. And I highly suggest that everyone listening to this episode here today goes and watches game two between the Hogs and the Stars. I know there's a bunch of really good Stanley Cup games that are going to be on later this evening as well. But if you're a true Blackhawks diehard, then you got to go and make time to watch the Ice Hogs play later this evening as well. Because as I talked about on the show yesterday, with the Ice Hogs having the third youngest roster in the entire AHL this year, there are plenty of young guys who are going to be making the jump to the NHL level in the next couple of years, getting their first bit of playoff experience as a professional. Lucas Reichel, Michael Tepley, Alec Regula, Ian Mitchell, Jakob Galvis, Isaac Phillips, Arvid Soderblom, just to name a few. There are plenty more as well, Uh, but this is just such valuable experience for players like that to understand what it takes to have success 
in a playoff type of atmosphere when the games matter the most, the, the emotions are at their peak, the physicality is, is higher than ever. Uh, and it's just a, a win or go home type of feel with each and every game. It's there's nothing like it. And it's just such a valuable experience to a bunch of those young kids who are, as I said, hoping to make a uh, lasting impact on the Blackhawks through the next couple of years as they go about this rebuild. So I definitely recommend that you all tune into that game here uh, later this evening. As I said, that's going to be a 7 p.m. Central Time puck drop. I know if, you, if you're going to watch, you probably have to do so through AHL TV, uh, unless you can go out and find some sketchy website that you can stream it off of. I'm all for that. Uh, but even if you can't, it's still only $29 to purchase AHL TV, and you'll be able to watch every game throughout the Calder Cup playoffs, which hopefully uh, the Ice Hogs will be part of for at least the next couple of weeks here to ensure that we really get our money's worth. Uh, but a couple of key topics for game two that I wanted to mention here on the show today. First, will Andre Altibarmakian and Nicholas Bodan draw back into the lineup? Both guys were scratched on Wednesday for game one. And for Altibarmakian, it, it was an interesting decision to see him held out of the lineup. Um, I do want to say, I don't know if there's an injury going on for either Alti or Bodan. I haven't seen anything uh, reported on that. So I'm assuming it's a healthy scratch. Um, but it was curious. Uh, I was curious to see um, Alti Barmakian not being a part of the lineup because down the stretch of the regular season, he found a lot of success on the top line with Lucas Reichel and Michael Tepley. DJ Buzdeker was the one who took Alti's spot on the top line on Wednesday. Uh, and those three ha had a really good show of it. I thought they were probably Rockford's best line from start to finish. So considering that, and also considering the Ice Hogs came away with a win, um, I'm guessing that head coach Anders Sorensen probably isn't going to be changing up the top line here tonight, but that also doesn't mean that Alti Barmakian can't draw in elsewhere. But for Bo Dan, um, I, I do feel like out of those two, he probably has the better chance to rejoin the lineup here this evening based on how the Ice Hogs have kind of had a, a revolving door of defensemen in and out the in and out of the lineup throughout the course of the season. Uh, but to see Bodan getting healthy scratched in game one of the AHL playoffs, I mean, I it has to have you concerned at least a little bit about his future. So uh hopefully, you know, the Hawks former first round pick will be able to get back in there tonight and uh will be able to find some success on the back end. The last little topic I have is Arvid Soderblom, who played tremendously in game one, stopping 33 of the 34 shots that he faced to pick up the win. Um, but with Texas on the brink of elimination here tonight, I'm going to assume that they're going to come out with a pretty strong push and they're going to be playing with that desperation that we see come playoff time. So I think Soderblom needs to have another pretty sturdy performance in order for the Hogs to come away with a win. Uh, and to close out this series. And fortunately, Soderblom has been really consistent all year long. He, he's been a stone wall in net. There was a reason why he was the co-MVP of the Ice Hogs this year. So not all that worried about his play. And hopefully he'll be uh, backstopping Rockford to round one of the official Calder Cup playoffs with another win tonight at the BMO. All right, there's a quick preview of game two 
between the Rockford Ice Hogs and Texas Stars. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson's interview on the Daily Faceoff Rundown podcast earlier this morning. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product. With just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them $100 per day. But now, Athletic Greens has an optimal and affordable nutrition routine that costs you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap way to invest in both your health and your body. And I personally use AG1 darn near every morning to get me going. It really does make an impact. I can notice it since... uh, Lockdown started sending me these trial shipments, and I'm definitely going to be purchasing more. To make it easy for all you listeners out there, Athletic Greens is also going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two here today, earlier this morning, Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson joined Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on the Daily Faceoff Rundown podcast. And I just thought it was a very insightful interview and I definitely learned a bit more about the Blackhawks new general manager so uh, I definitely wanted to share some of the key parts in my mind from that conversation. Uh, First I just really learned a bit more and got more insight on Kyle Davidson and you know just how involved he was in so many different departments along the way to becoming general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously you know hearing him talk at his pressers, we know that he's been involved in many different areas in his 12 years with the franchise. Uh, But I just thought it was really cool to hear him sort of discuss his come up and everything that uh, led to him being in the spot that he is right now. And and first off, I don't know if I just missed this or or what, because Davidson uh, said that he mentioned this in his introductory presser. So maybe I'm just deaf. I don't know. But I did not know that Kyle has undergone three different open heart surgeries in his life. Apparently, he was born with heart issues. I had no idea about that. So uh, just another amazing obstacle that he's been been able to overcome to get to where he is today. Uh, But first, what I learned about Kyle, other than that, um, was how he first got his start in hockey. He first began with the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL, kind of in an internship job where he was working in the day-to-day operations of the game and basically was doing, you know, everything that he was told to do. Uh, And then after that, after getting his first hockey job, if you will, with Sudbury, he graduated college and found himself having an internship with the Rockford Ice Hogs. But uh, I guess he was having some sort of 
visa issues or something like that. It, it was kind of comp- complicated when he was describing it. Um, I think he was able to travel to Rockford, but there were some concerns about whether or not he'd be able to stay there or the possibility of having to to make the trip back to Sudbury. Um, it just left him in a, in a weird predicament. But I guess while that was going on, uh, a job opened up for the Chicago Blackhawks. A position had been left vacant, and Kyle ended up getting that job. So while he was in limbo because of visa issues with the Ice Hogs, he ultimately ended up landing uh, a job with the Hawks. So that that was really you know his his start, kind of a lucky crack. Um, with the Blackhawks organization. And then, of course, you know, it's all history from that point on. Um, and on the podcast, he Davidson talked about just all the different areas that he's worked in over the past 12 years. And he started off by working in the so-called analytics department, if you will, um, back in 2010. That was when analytics weren't really a big part of hockey at all. And I mean, compared to the other professional sports here in North America, they're still really not all that vol- involved in the game, um, but they're starting to become more and more prevalent as the years go by. Uh, but Davidson's analytics job was literally to watch each pass that the Blackhawks made and then to evaluate those, find out uh, which players are moving the puck well together and are having success, who isn't, what type of passes, what area passes are working, and then you would take that back to the front office so that they could try and maybe implement some more of that type of stuff in their game. So uh, that was the first job that Kyle really had with the Blackhawks. And then he started to get involved with the CBA and the business side of things, learning all the rules that go into the salary cap, uh, LTIR, the roster limits, all that good stuff, which I'm sure has been very helpful to him now as the general manager. Uh, but then he's, that's how he started transitioning to the business side of things. And then he also began to spend some more time with the Ice Hogs. He would travel to games and watch them play a little bit of scouting, a little bit of management. So that's kind of how he started to work his way up into the Blackhawks organization. I just thought it was really cool to kind of hear him share how many different jobs he held and kind of the route that he went down uh, before getting hired in this position and really being the uh, the head guy now of the entire franchise. Two other things that stood out to me in particular from this conversation with uh, Davidson and Sarah Volley and Gregor. One was when Kyle was talking about his relationship with Norm McIver, because Kyle said that uh, Norm more so than anyone else was really the one that he looked up to when he first got his start. And he shared a cool story about how, um, he and Norm started to become close. Norm actually asked Kyle if he wanted to go on a trip with him to St. Louis uh, to watch a game between the Stars and the the Blues, as Kyle remembers it, uh, which is pretty crazy that he still remembers the game. Uh, but when Norm asked him that, he was like, yeah, obviously, of course. Uh, and then in that four-hour drive from Chicago to St. Louis, which I just had to make there and back literally this past weekend, how I know it's roughly about four hours. It's probably 4.30 if you're a right lane driver, but if you're willing to risk it to get the biscuit and push up into those 80 and 90 mile per hour figures, it's a little bit closer to four. Um, But in that drive to St. Louis, Kyle talked about how he was just picking the brain of Norm, uh, asking him about a bunch of different things. They they 
had a bunch of different topics of conversation. And then really ever since then, ever since that experience, they've just only been getting closer and closer and closer. And that ultimately, you know, led to the decision um, by Kyle to bring Norm McIver back. Uh, and obviously with those two being so close, it, it only makes sense. But I thought it was also kind of neat to hear Kyle open up and be honest about how he felt he needed to add that executive experience around him up in the front office, you know, being the youngest GM now in the NHL. And while he does have 12 years of experience, a lot of those were at some base, I don't want to say basic jobs, but some, uh, I don't even want to say lower jobs, but you know, he doesn't have much experience being in the upper echelon of the front office, if you will. So um, I, th- I just thought it was cool to hear Kyle be that honest and, that's kind of, you know, that relationship and also knowing that Norm's been very successful in that side of things for a while now, ever since his playing career has been over. So that's, you know, kind of why Kyle felt it, it just made too much sense uh, to bring, to, it made too much sense not, I don't even know how to word that. It, it was just obvious that he felt he needed to bring Norm McIver back and have that experience beside him. The other cool part of, of this interview that I thought was when Davidson also opened up about something else about how the Blackhawks, he needs help getting better in the analytical side of things. That was one thing he he was going to have a focus on uh, even without Greenberg. That was one of his first missions was to kind of be better in that area. Um, and then once he was named the permanent general manager, he actually received a text from Greenberg and they kind of had a little back and forth conversation. Greenberg congratulated him. They started talking a little bit. That led to a phone call between the two. And then in that phone call, Jeff was kind of describing to Kyle all the systems and the analytical approaches and the data tracking that they have with the Chicago Cubs. And the Blackhawks just simply don't have those things. And with Kyle, even before talking to Jeff, wanting to get better in those departments, you know, hearing Jeff talk about all those things, he was kind of like, oh my God, I I need to have this guy. So I just thought it was cool to hear Kyle, how how that whole thing transpired, right? Because Kyle recognizes that the Blackhawks have been piss poor in both uh, in terms of analytics and also in terms of prospect, in terms of player development, uh, which Greenberg is going to, uh, be aiding in as well. Um, it, it was just cool that Kyle uh, had that conversation with Greenberg, just a basic conversation. And then it ultimately led to uh, Jeff now becoming the associate general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. Through those conversations, Kyle just realized that Jeff was the perfect guy to be leading this venture and to get the Blackhawks more involved in systematic data tracking and in analytical approaches. All right, there are some of the interesting tidbits that I thought uh, that I found from Kyle Davidson's appearance on the Daily Faceoff Rundown podcast this morning. Coming up in just a minute, I will go over a brief overview of the Blackhawks pending restricted and unrestricted free agents this summer. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as baseball season is finally upon us in Bet on- Ooh, hiccup. In Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired manager is going to land or who the first fired manager is going to be this year. Regardless of what you want to bet on, 
Bet Online remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just baseball. From the NBA and NHL playoffs, esports, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game begins. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today before I wrap things up, I also wanted to be sure to talk about the Blackhawks pending restricted and unrestricted free agents this summer and what the plans could be for each of them. Because we've heard Davidson talk a couple of different times now about how they're probably not going to be all that active in the free agent market this summer. They don't want to be just handing out term. So I have a feeling that these players, the unrestricted free agents and the restricted free agents are are really going to be the key decisions that have to be made this summer, aside from Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, of course. Uh, But first for the unrestricted free agents, there are four of them in Calvin DeHaan, Eric Gustafson, Kevin Lankinen, and Colin Delia. And for the defensemen, Um, I've talked about this many times on the show for the last couple of months, but for a couple of different reasons, you know, financially and in terms of the depth at the position, um, both DeHaan and Gustafson are 99.9% gone by the time summer rolls around. Um, Obviously, DeHaan is clearly the more valuable of the two, but considering A, how much he's going to cost on the market, um, B, the pipeline of defensemen that the team has right now, a lot of youngsters coming up from Rockford in the next few years, and C, the direction that the team is heading in. It doesn't make sense to bring back a veteran D-man like DeHaan for that amount of money. For Gustafson, there, there are plenty of reasons why he should already have played his final game in a Blackhawks sweater, and maybe even at the NHL level for that matter, because um He's just simply not good enough offensively for how little defense he provides. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say 100% positive that Eric Gustafson is not going to be coming back next year. But in goal, I think this is going to be the most interesting discussion of the UFAs because uh, for both of them, they're interesting scenarios. I'll start with Colin Delia. I got to admit, there's probably no chance that Delia is going to be willing to re-sign with the Blackhawks unless he's guaranteed the number one job next year. But even then, considering how Delia has been handled the last few years, uh, I don't think he's going to be all that trusting of the organization. You got to remember, the start of two years ago now, the COVID-shortened season, Delia was looking like he was going to be the starter for the Chicago Blackhawks after Corey Crawford was traded to New Jersey and then ultimately retired. Delia looked like he was going to be the guy, but then Kevin Lankinen ended up kind of getting off to a hot start, taking the job and running with it. And then ever since Delia's played in what, maybe nine NHL games, 10 NHL games, something like that. He's basically been buried in Rockford for the last two years. So even if he would be guaranteed the starter, I don't know that he's going to be wanting to come back to this organization. So I have a pretty good feeling that Colin Delia is going to be gone in the summertime. Uh, but for Kevin Lankinen, this is going to be really interesting because um, as a UFA, he is going to have his say in the matter. But 
I really don't think he's going to be offered a number one job anywhere else besides Chicago in all likelihood, probably not. So if he wants to be the guy, if he wants to be a starter come opening night, then he should be wanting to come back to Chicago. But uh, you never know. Maybe he feels he has a better opportunity somewhere else or has a better chance of being a starter with a different team. Who knows? But I, I do definitely feel like it's more likely that Lankinen is going to come back than Delia at this point. But there is still the possibility that both of them wind up on other NHL teams for the beginning of next season. As for the restricted free agents, there are five of them in Dominic Kubelik, Dylan Strom, Kirby Doc, Philip Kurashev, and Caleb Jones. I'll start off with Kubelik and Strom. To be honest, I do feel like it's pretty likely that they're going to come back. Both of them are going to come back with the Blackhawks next season after Davidson elected not to trade them at the trade deadline. Considering this summer, the market more than likely is not going to be as high as it was back then. And also, with the state of the Blackhawks, you got to feel like they're, pro- they're not going to be very good next year. I hate to break it to you, folks. If that's breaking news, I feel bad. Um, but they're probably not going to be very good next year. And considering their contract situations, I do feel like it would be more beneficial to let them both kind of go at it again next year. And then you'll have maybe a little bit more of an accurate uh, depiction of what type of players are going to be for the remainder of their careers. Uh, I do feel definitely like there's a better chance of Strom maybe inking a longer term deal. Uh, But for Kubelik, I think it especially makes sense for him to just get a one-year contract and to come back because if he does struggle again next year, then he's going to have more trade value as a UFA than he would as an RFA at this year's past deadline, at this past year's deadline, excuse me, because the Blackhawks were to move him back in March, he would be guaranteed at least $4 million from another NHL club. Now let's say he goes out there and you know, puts up kind of the same numbers that he did this year, he's not going to be guaranteed $4 million after that. He's going to be a a UFA and there's no money guaranteed to him. So another team would probably be more willing to take a gamble on him at $1.5 million or or $2 million or whatever it may be. So contractually, I do believe it makes more sense for the Blackhawks to keep them at this point and kind of let them go about it again next year unless they're absolutely wowed with an offer, uh, a trade offer this summer. Um, But if that doesn't happen, then I do expect both of them to be receiving contract extensions. As for Doc and Kurashev, I think both of them are probably going to be inking bridge deals for Doc, whether you like him or not. Yes, he has struggled so far in his young NHL career, but the Blackhawks aren't going to be, they're not going to let him walk for free. I mean, that just wouldn't make any sense at all. So that's not going to happen. Uh, and then for Kershev, you know, he also did have his struggles this year. It was certainly an up and down campaign. Um, he played a lot better, I'd say, in the last month or so, probably his best play of the entire season. Um, but one thing to consider, Blackhawks fans, is that out of all the fourth round picks in the 2018 NHL draft, Philip Kershev is the only one of them to have over 100 games played at this point of his career. And he's still only 22 years old. He's only going to be 23 next year. Um, maybe, you know, he doesn't quite have the top six upside that we were hopeful for. Um, but he's still very young, probably younger than a lot of Blackhawks fans realize. 
And I do feel like he has a lot more still to offer than we've seen so far in his young career. So I do fully expect Kershev to be getting uh, probably a bridge deal this summer along with Kirby Doc. And then for Caleb Jones, this is the one where I really have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, his older brother, Seth, is going to be a big part of the rebuild here. And we heard Seth and his end of the season presser say how uh, he really hopes that the Blackhawks get a deal done with Caleb. And one thing that I did think of, you know, Seth has handled the situation that he's found himself in very well. He stepped up in the second half of the year, according to King, and became more of a leader. We've heard him talk about how he's on board with this rebuilding process, even though internally he's probably not too happy that uh, this isn't the situation that he expected to be in, if you asked him a year ago when he first got traded to Chicago. But he's handled it really well, and he said all the right things. Um, he's been good about it. And I do wonder if the Blackhawks maybe try to bring Caleb back just to make Seth happy. But with Kyle Davidson now as general manager and not Stan Bowman anymore, this is, you know, Caleb doesn't have ties to Kyle Davidson. He had ties to Stan Bowman. That was the one who brought him here. That's the one who got him from the Edmonton Oilers. So I feel like Davidson's not going to be thinking that way. And when you throw that out of the picture, I just feel like they're simply isn't going to be room for Caleb Jones moving forward. As I've talked about, a lot of defensemen are going to be coming up in the next few years. I will say that, you know, Caleb's offense has been a breath of fresh air on the back end, and he actually tied Seth for the most goals among Blackhawks defensemen this year. Um, but on the defensive side of things, he, he certainly still had his struggles there as well and probably didn't progress as well as the Blackhawks had hoped for in that department. So. It's going to be a tough decision one way or the other um, because he still is relatively young and doesn't have all that much NHL experience, just over 100 games. Um, but at the end of the day, he doesn't have any ties to Kyle Davidson, and I just simply don't know if there's going to be room to bring him back in the offseason. So if I had to lean one way or the other, I'd probably guess that uh, Seth Jones is, or Caleb Jones, excuse me, is going to be the lone Blackhawks restricted free agent who is not going to be getting a contract offer in the summer, but we'll see. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Friday, May 6th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast on your favorite podcast app and to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest info on every team that's taking part in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey. For all the latest Blackhawks news and updates, and for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You could also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, yes, there is going to be an episode tomorrow where I go over a full breakdown of Game 2 between the Rockford Ice Hogs and the Texas Stars. But until then, 
Thanks for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.